0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast. That's YouTube. as we do it all. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. We got a very special episode today, man. Today is Friday, March 24th. And as the playoffs approach, man, I knew I had to bring on a great guest to talk about um, all of this NBA drama, all this NBA frenzy going on. Uh, so I want to welcome to the show none other than my guy, uh, Run the NBA, another great NBA content creator. My guy, how you doing? Doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. Yes, sir, man. We we are happy to have you on, man. And uh, for the family out there, before we do get into the episode, I do want to let you guys know, go check out all of uh, Run the NBA's content. Everything will be in the description down below. Uh, his social media, his YouTube page, everything, man. So y'all just go ahead and get at him. Uh, but all now, now that all that's out the way, let's go ahead and get into it, man. We got a jam-packed episode for today. Um, we're going to start with some fun little games, like how we always do, and then we'll go ahead. Go ahead and get into our up or down report, and then we will get into our um, one word or phrase for each team, and then we'll wrap the episode up. Um, so for the family out there, you on podcast, make sure you throw on that, on those headphones, Gary, grab some popcorn, and um, let's go ahead and get into it, man. So my guy, we usually start every uh, episode with you know with some little little game, little trivia. Um, so for this this episode, what we're, we're going to do is I have um, two two player stats right here side by side. I'll let you know, you know, player A and player B. And you let me know who would you rather have. And um, after, I'll reveal who the player is. That's cool, with it. Let's do it. All right, let's get it. So player A, this guy is averaging 26 points per game, six rebounds, three assists, one steal, on 49% from the field, 34% from the three-point line, 77% from the free throw line, and three turnovers per game. Okay. 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 Player B is twenty-five points per game, four rebounds, five assists, one steal, fifty percent from from the field goal, thirty-three percent from the three-point line, eighty-seven percent from the free throw line, and two turnovers per game. Give me player B. Player B. Okay, I like that. I like that a lot. So, player B was DeMar DeRozan, okay? And player A was Jalen Brown. So, that okay. one, okay. I'm not going to lie. That was a good one. That was a good one. So, after I said that, how do you feel about that? Is there any, would you take it differently, now you know the name?
1: I mean, I'd probably take Jalen Brown, but, I mean, as a Raptors fan, Demar's my guy, so I'm not complaining either way. <laughs> man, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, DeMar definitely put on uh, for Toronto,
0: man, put on for the Raptors, so i feel you on that man but all right cool so that was you know just a fun little little intro game uh so let's go ahead and get into the first segment of the show here and that is the up or down report man so let's go ahead and jump straight into it all right cool so for this for this first um first you know up or down statement here uh what i what i want us to use i want us just to just to watch this clip this is about like a one minute and like 20 second clip of uh, of a take here from from you know Jay will the espn analysis i just want you to let me know you know your thoughts and um you know how you how you feel about. Let me go ahead and uh. you can see that right there, my guy. Yeah, yeah, we're good. So everybody, everybody keeps saying I won the set it first, right? And so I started digging down into it. Well, if you you bring back LeBron, this team can get to the potentially to the Western Conference Finals. How do you bring back LeBron? Like the more I sit there and I think about it, the more I think about if you bring when you bring back LeBron in this short period. How in the hell is Austin Reeves supposed to continue to play at this level? The ball's in Austin Reeves' hands a ton. You guys know the kind of lather, the kind of rhythm that you get when the ball's in your hand? You increase the amount of possessions, the volume of possessions. I feel way more comfortable with The Rock now. When LeBron comes back and Austin Reeves has been balling, d has been Good balling, point. right? But now you bring LeBron James back. Are you going to play LeBron James off the ball if you're Darvin Ham? Do you, you really going to do that when it comes time for playoff basketball? Okay, okay, my guy. So I, I, I feel I have a lot of reserved feelings about this about this take personally. Uh, but you know, since you are the guest on the show, uh, my question to you is: uh, up, you know, up or down? How are you feeling about you know LeBron's impact when he comes back from injury as the Lakers are ready to gear up for playoffs? And you know, just kind of up or down? How you feeling that you know take by Jay Will?
1: Well, the first thing I want to address is if your team is going to be riding off of Austin Reeves' success compared to LeBron's success, if one of them has to be a non-factor, you're better off having Austin Reeves as a non-factor. And that's nothing against Austin Reeves, but LeBron's LeBron. Even if he's not prime LeBron anymore, he's still the better player, and the Lakers are going to need him playing to have any type of a chance at that supposed Western Conference Finals run. But secondly... Reeves has shown that he can be good in a secondary role. Obviously, he's been better with the ball in his hands more over the last stretch of games, but he can shoot the three relatively well. He can be a catch-and-shoot guy alongside LeBron, and if he starts coming off the bench, there's nothing that says that he can't be the primary guy in that second unit, that he still won't have 10, 15, 20 minutes a night where he gets to have the ball in his hands a lot and gets to create his own bucket, so... I think there's still a lot of scenarios where Reeves still gets to be very effective alongside LeBron. And again, LeBron's obviously just going to be more impactful than Austin Reeves. And the other thing I want to mention, too, is I know there's been comparisons between the Reeves hype over the last few weeks uh, compared to how Taylor Horton Tucker got hyped up when his time with the Lakers. Reeves and Taylor Horton Tucker are two very different players, and one of them can fit off the ball more, can catch and shoot. Uh, from the three-point line a lot better. It's going to be a much better fit alongside LeBron and AD in comparison to THT, who now we are seeing play pretty good ball in Utah. But it's as an on-ball guy, and that just wasn't going to work next to LeBron. Reeves can be on ball, but he doesn't have to be. And so I don't think there's going to be too much of a problem with LeBron coming back and that being able to be a relatively smooth transition back to Reeves sliding into a bit more of a secondary role.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm right there with you, man. I mean, I'm I'm super down on that, on like what Jake Will was saying. I'm super down on his take because I mean, when 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 you look at it, right, I understand what he was trying to say. What he's trying to say is by the time LeBron comes back, the Lakers are so close to playoffs, like they're gonna have to play, they're gonna have to change their entire playing style. And I get it, right? But at the end of the day, it's just like how you said, if we have to choose who who we're gonna go between as to who we're gonna let this thing ride out, who we're gonna play. Have our team play style have between austin reeves and lebron james this shouldn't even be a question right so that's why i'm happy you're right there with me on that man i think that was such a bad take by Jay will i mean at the end of the day austin reeves is a role player in this league just like many other role players in this nba when the stars are out and they get a chance they get more shots they get more minutes more opportunities they're gonna shine like they're good basketball players a lot of the times they just don't have that opportunity In you know with this is the exact case that's happened with Austin Reeves. So yeah, I'm, my brother, I'm right there with you. I'm down on that take. I think that was just a dumb take, honestly. But um, but all right. So, so let's go ahead and keep pushing. Let's get to our next up or down statement here, um, and that is with Zion. Man, so we've been seeing uh, Zion. You know, came into the league wasn't really wasn't really that healthy. I started to get a little, a little a little bit on the healthier side. Came down with an injury and then recovered from the injury balled out only for about like 30-some games and then came down with another injury re-aggravated it. So this guy's timeline is real questionable. So here's my up-or-down
1: question to you. My up-or-down is, can you trust Zion Williamson to be your number one guy? Consistently, no. I'm definitely down on that because when he's on the court, certainly, but he's just not on the court often enough. And we're seeing this year, he is the number one guy for the Pelicans and they're currently on the outside of the play and looking in. And that just seems to be the case with Zion right now. And I don't want to completely rule out the fact that he can't turn it around, but, I mean, we're getting multiple years into his professional career now, and it seems to be something that is going to be a recurring problem for him. And it was a concern in college. It's been a concern in his professional career. So I don't want to completely rule him out. And if he has the right pieces around him, if he can stay healthy for one or two years... He could make a run, but consistently, there's just no way to rely on him as a number one option and regularly be a very good team. Okay, so so and then in, in in this case, if you're a GM and you have the opportunity, you know, to offer Zion number one guy type money, you're not doing it. I think you do it. I just don't think it leads to enough success. I think it's a, I think he's the type of guy you have to give the money to. There's just a lot of risk involved, but I don't think it's. such an extreme circumstance where you wouldn't commit to him because if you don't give him that type of money what's the alternative and that's that's the question but in a vacuum yeah maybe you would rather give him like 25 mil a year but when the alternative is i have zion at max money or i don't have zion and i have nothing you probably got to take the risk and roll the dice and hope that he can play fifty, sixty games for a couple of years and make a postseason run, and just hope that that ends up being enough.
0: Okay. Okay. So, so ultimately, though, your answer is down. You you can't trust him to be your number one guy. Not consistently. No, I'd be down. Okay. Got you. Got you. So I'm not gonna lie. For for this one, I'm going in the other direction, man. So look, the, I I the injuries does concern me, right? The injury history. Only played 29 games this season. Didn't play at all last season was supposed to have returned from all-star break, uh, but then he had re-injured, you know, re-aggravated that hamstring. But, I mean, at the end of the day, and I know this might be a crazy take, man, Zion is a superstar. Look, when healthy, he is easily one of the most dominant players in the NBA. And I'm talking about NBA where you have Yoki, where you have Embiid, you have Giannis, and he's still easily one of the most dominant players, right? When he was playing, 26 points per game, seven rebounds, four assists, one steal, and got the majority of his shots off in the paint. Got the majority of, of his shots off in, in, the, in and around that mid-range area. Um, also, the other thing about, about Zion is the fact that, look, if we're going to look at injury and, and say, like, this injury is going to hinder this player, we would have ruled out Joel Embiid. Because Joel Embiid, the first two years in the league, didn't play at all. And Zion at least played, I believe, played like 24 games. In his uh, in his I believe it's like first season in the league, so he's already played more games than Joel in this first, in his first two seasons, and we see what Joel Embiid's doing. So honestly, it is it is a rolling a rolling of the dice, but I'm gonna go up on this one ultimately, man. I think that if you can get him out there, then he's he's got talent to be a number one number one guy. I mean, he's an All Star starter this year. He just got injured.
1: Yeah, and that's undisputed. Like you say, when he's on the court, he's that guy. It's just whether he can stay on the court. But I hope for his sake and for our sake that he can be a little bit more available over the next few years. But I'll be honest, I'm just someone who really values availability to the point that I had Aaron Gordon on my all-star ballot this year. So okay. I can be a little bit biased on that side of things for sure.
0: Hey, well, it's all good, brother. Look, I, one thing I always say is that the best kind of ability is availability. So I love I love that you take that into account. That That definitely really matters. And real quick, before we get off Zion, let me just ask you. I guess if you're the Pelicans, are you, I guess, even leaning towards the idea of of, of trading, right? Because you can get a lot back for him. But then again, like you trade him and he works out, man, you really rolled the dice and got wrong.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's any scenario where you can move off of him. I mean, this year's been a rough year for them compared to what the expectations were after how good they were in the playoffs last year. But. There's still a lot of good young pieces on this team. They still have Ingram. They still have CJ. They still have Zion when he's healthy. And it, it's not just been Zion who's been injured a lot this year. I mean, Brandon Ingram was in and out of the lineup for a large majority of the first half of the season. These guys just need an offseason to regroup, to be back healthy on the court, and they're still going to be a good team. Zion's still a superstar, like we just mentioned. So I don't think there's any scenario where you can look at moving off of Zion anytime soon.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm definitely right there, which I've seen that little take on And Kendrick Perkins talking about, yeah, I'll move Zion. I'm like, man, you can't move him for no one. You can't get nothing realistically back for a player like Zion. Unless you're getting like Kevin Durant or a player that, you know, altitude, you're not winning that, man. But all right. No shot. So let's go ahead and keep it pushing, my boy. And let's get to the next statement here for the up or down. Um, We did see Carl Anthony Towns make his return, uh, score 22 points against Hawks uh, in a win. Um, So up or down on um, the Timberwolves being able to finish as the 6th seed right now currently they're sitting as the 7th seed
1: uh, and they are one game behind the Warriors. as the 6th seed I'm going to say I'm down because the Warriors got through their road trip and they're still a 6th seed and I don't think the Warriors are going to slip enough at this point in time now for the Timberwolves to make up that gap now that the Warriors have some, roam games, uh, some home games ahead of them and the Timberwolves have been fine uh, and like you say, Kat's back now. Anthony Edwards has missed a few games, but he looks to be phasing his way back into the lineup. So I think they'll tread water. I don't think they're going to slip down in the play that much. But now that the Warriors are back at home, I don't think there's any chance that they move back up into the sixth seed. Yeah, I'm definitely right there with you. I don't think that they'll, they'll be able to get it,
0: not only for the reason of the fact that the Warriors are done with their with with their road games, but also the fact that, I mean, when you look at their remaining schedule, they still have the Warriors. They have the Suns, they have the Kings, the Nets, the Lakers, and the Pelicans. I mean, Pelicans are underachieving right now, but we know what they, what they can be and who they who they can play. Like the Lakers, uh, I mean, we know they they've been underachieving. They've had it with a lot of different lineups, but we know what Anthony Davis can be when fully healthy, what he can do in a one game stand. And I mean, Kings, Suns, Warriors, Nets. I know Nets aren't the same Nets we were we were looking at earlier in the year, but. They are still a team, you know, that are playing with house money, man. So, they 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 can't be played with. So, I'm, I'm right there, Richie, man. I don't think that they will finish uh, as six sixth seed. Um, but, all right, let's go ahead and keep it pushing to the next up or down statement here. Uh, my guy, uh, up or down, this is a simple one. Are the Clippers
1: title contenders? I'm down on the Clippers as title contenders. I'm going to say no. Uh, I don't trust enough in the consistency of what they have outside of Kauai. and the fact that Paul George is now out for potentially leading up to the first round of the playoffs is a bit of a concern and I didn't think they were quite contenders before then but throwing that into things just makes it a little bit more of a concern for the Clippers heading into the postseason uh, another concern for me too is just that they've had so much variation in their rotations throughout the course of the year And now they added three very important rotational pieces at the deadline, which were good moves. They just have to be able to integrate those pieces properly and in their roles and in the right rotations. And it's a lot to get right in a very short time frame in a Western conference that isn't stacked by any stretch, but does have some teams that I think are a bit better than them and don't have the concern of one of their all-stars being injured headed into the postseason. Yeah. I mean,
0: this this is a tough one. I'm not going to lie. Like, I went back and forth this one a lot yesterday as i was as i was thinking about it because you know and I, i'm i'm stated on the record of saying multiple times like when you have players like Kawhi and paul george or you know kevin durant or kyrie um lebron and ad when when healthy and actually out there like you have a shot from the title when you have two hall of famers two generational type t- type players like you may not have the best shot for the title but you're not ruled out right you at least have, have, have a shot and i think that. Assuming a healthy Kawhi and a healthy PG, I would have to say up. Yes, they have a chance. But the fact is, you said it best. Kawhi uh, Paul George just went out with this knee injury, and if the if the Clippers were to have to play the play-in, he wouldn't even return in time for the play-in game. Um, we gotta see Kawhi. Let, we, we gotta see Paul George be able to have his knee be good and healthy by the time playoffs comes around. They're most they're most likely gonna have to play a team that's already got the ball rolling. So. Honestly, I know this might be crazy to say, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers messed around and got bounced in the first round. Like, yeah. Really, really would not be surprised if the, the Clippers got bounced in the in the first round. And truthfully, I know this may sound like some hate or stuff because I'm a Lakers fan and people will be like, they don't, they don't like that. Some people don't like Westbrook and all that. But truthfully, if Westbrook is going to be getting big minutes, this team is not going to go anywhere, honestly.
1: No, and especially if Paul George isn't healthy, it just becomes way too easy to focus in on Kawhi because if you have Russ out there and you have Zubach or Plumlee out there, you got two guys the teams just aren't going to respect from three. And you get that situation come playoff time and only one true bucket getter on the court, it's going to be really tough to find that level of success in the postseason. And like you say about losing in the first round, playoffs start today, they're playing the Suns. And assuming KD is back, I don't think there's any shot they win that. So... It's definitely not an unrealistic thing for the Clippers to be bounced in the first round.
0: Man, that would be crazy, man. And we... See, the NBA is so stacked and just so entertaining, man. I mean, we're talking about Kawhi Leonard and Paul George like getting bounced in the first round, man. This is so
1: exciting. I haven't seen the league this exciting in in a long time, to be honest with you. Definitely. The parity this year is definitely the best we've seen in a very, very long time.
0: Okay, absolutely. All right, so... So uh, here we go, brother. Another another uh, uh, six seed um, question, but this is instead of the West, we're looking at the East.
1: Uh, so the Brooklyn Nets, are you up or down that they will finish as a top six seed this year? I'm down at this point in time. The Heat are playing some of their best ball of the year, and I haven't been that high on them this year. I wasn't that high on them last year. I'm never usually that high on Miami, but Jimmy has pulled out playoff Jimmy a lot earlier than he normally does because he's had to for this heat roster, and at the same time, Brooklyn don't look very good. Dinwiddie's had the odd game here and there, but he's been inconsistent, and outside of Mikhail Bridges, they're just not getting consistent production. So, that alongside the fact that Miami is starting to put it together a little bit more, Gabe Vincent's been moved into the starting lineup, and that's having a little bit more success for them. I think they're going to be good enough to hold on to the 6 seed, which means the Nets probably are going to end up having to be in the play-in, and I mean, like you said, different Nets team than they were not too long ago. But it would have been nice if they could have held on because they're gonna have some tough battles just to stay in the playoffs if they fall into that plan.
0: Yeah, man. They they they're really gonna have some tough battles. And that that's exactly what I was gonna say. I was gonna say, look, man, I think this is this is basically gonna determine how far they're gonna go in the playoffs, right? In the playoffs, because right now, like how you mentioned the Heat are rolling right now, a two-game winning streak versus the, the Brooklyn Nets who are on a five-game losing streak. And if they have to play in the play-in, I think with this young team, with this team who just recently got put together, no real team chemistry, this team, honestly, to me, what it is is like a, a bunch of sh- pieces and shambles that were left after the KD and Kyrie situation, and they're just trying to figure it out. And they're doing a good job right now. Don't get me wrong. like They're doing a good job you know i definitely didn't think that they were going to remain in the, the the top 10 seeds so you know they're they're doing a good job but i think ultimately um if they do end up getting to the play in um, it will be a situation where they get balanced with lack of chemistry lack of uh, just having enough time of, of playing together man so yeah i'm also down on the finishing as a top uh, 6 seed this year but all right brother all right brother so then let's go ahead and get to our Last two up or down statements here. Um, In this, we're going to move a little bit away from the teams, and we're going to get a little bit more to the awards here. Um, So up or down?
1: Is the MVP race this year only a three-man race? I'd say up. I think it's only a three-man race. And that's not to say that there haven't been... i say there's one other guy who's played at an MVP caliber level, uh, that being Luca. I just don't think the team's success is going to be there enough for him to be in the conversation. Currently stated as an eight seed, realistically the highest they'd maybe get is the six. And that with it being a barely 500 record, I just don't think it'd be enough for Luke to be in the conversation. Uh, the only other guy who's really been in the conversation this year has been Tatum. And he just hasn't been good enough as of late. And so I think he's kind of fallen out of that conversation. I think it's from a record standpoint and from the elite production of the three guys, I think it's just... Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis at this point.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 right there with you. I'm not gonna lie. I really wanted it to be Luca because ever since last season, I was like, yeah, Lucas gonna win MVP next year. Lucas gonna win MVP next year. So I I have had that clip just pulled up, waiting, man. And I was waiting to play that clip, but looks like uh Luca has been kicked out of the race here. Cause yeah, I'm right there with you. I I just took to the the individual success, the team success, the individual accolades that um, Joel and Embiid that Jokic and that Giannis are putting up right now is just just they're, you know, they're second to none it's like in any other season Luka and Tatum would have been like oh yeah th- th- this is a you know four man race five man race but um, with the just had the greatness of, of Jokic and Embiid and, uh, and Giannis it's it's a three man race but this is a part two of my question brother you knew it was coming so I know
1: it's a three man race who do you have as your MVP Joel Embiid would be my MVP as of today. I've been on Team Embiid for about the last month now. I think he'd be my pick. The only thing that would really change it at this point is if he gets injured. Okay. I think he's going to be my pick. Okay, I love that
0: pick. That's also who. That's also I. I didn't change it a month ago. I changed it about like two weeks ago, uh, and I changed it away from Luka because I was like, all right, Luka's, like officially out of this race. So I'm not. I'm not going to go with Luca because I know he's not going to win this. Um, no way, in my opinion, Jokic wins three since Larry Bird, uh, Giannis, I just, he's playing great. But at this point, I think it's just about uh, Embiid's getting gotten played the last couple of years and Embiid's really doing it out there offensively and defensively. Uh, so I think the award should definitely go to him, man. But all right. So one more up or down um, on the awards here. Um, up or down is the rookie of the year award clearly Pablo's to
1: win. Or is it for you know, somebody else out there? I'm going to say up. I think it is clearly Paulos. And obviously the name that's getting thrown around is being a contender now is Jalen Williams, J-Dub. And he's been great. And even though he has just turned it on to another level over the last month, the month and a half, he has been good all year from a complete season perspective from Game 1 to the end of the season in a couple weeks Paolo's just been the better player and this isn't unique to rookie of the year conversations there's a lot of years for rookie of the year where there's a guy who is okay for a majority of the season and then turns it up the last couple of months of the season uh, anthony edwards and the mellow ball comes to mind a couple of years ago where anthony edwards really figured it out over the last couple of months of the season and those guys can get in the conversation and they'll get their deserved all rookie first team nod but this year, Paolo's just been the better guy from game one to where we are today. And even though we did have that bit of a slump in the middle of the season where he really struggled from a shooting perspective and his numbers did dip a bit, I think he's just had the more complete season. And jay does been great, but Paolo clearly is that guy for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, pa- Paolo clearly, I-, I agree. Paolo clearly is that guy. Uh, I do think the award is going to go to him. Right, like if if I had to, put, you know, put 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 my put my life on the line, like. I think it's going to win the award I do think it's going to be Paulo but I just want to like and I've been saying this I'm not gonna lie all season like I just want to like I guess you know make it like known to people or like make it clear to the people who really aren't like watching you know every single NBA team right but like Benedict Mathur, yeah. man I, I have been raving about him for so long and look I'm not saying he's going to win rookie of the year it's going to be Pablo's because of the way Pablo is handling himself, the role he's the role he's carrying on that team, everything he's done. I mean, his numbers, it, everything is head over heels above all other rookies. But I mean, Benedict Mathurin, when the when the Pacers were actually in contention and actually playing for something, which they technically they 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 still are. I believe they're sitting at the 11th seed, so they could even uh, be playing for for a in spot. And I mean, he's got 16 points per game, four rebounds, two assists on 43% from the field. Uh, or like how you mentioned, you know, J. Dub or Jaden or Jaden Ivy uh, from the Pistons. There's a lot of great rookies out there, and I'm not saying any of them are gonna win it over Pablo, but like, I just, I just wanna, I just wanna, you know, what I'm saying the message to be thrown out there that I don't think this is as clear of a race as people think it is. Like, yes, it's gonna go to him, but don't count out Benedict Matzer don't count out J. Dub, don't count out Jaden Ivy, don't count out a lot of these rookies, man, because this, this might be one of the classes that we look back to years from now. And we're like, oh, yeah, this class had a, had a whole bunch of great players.
1: Definitely. I'm glad you mentioned that because even though it is probably Paolo's award, it has been a really good rookie class. I mean, that doesn't even include uh, guys like Keegan Murray, Walker Kessler, Jalen Duran. I mean, this is a really good rookie class. Of course, we always get the guys who make their jumps in year two and year three, and will get on the scene. You don't have the great rookie season. So another great rookie class this year, similar to last year, even if Paolo is going to win the award. There's a lot of really good guys who are going to be really impactful in the years to come.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, i i I live in I live in California, so I, I go to the Kings game sometimes. Um, and I mean, we're talking about a rookie who is in playing in the team that's playing for the third seed, and he's got like vital minutes, important minutes in the Kings. Uh, he has a whole chant, like every time they 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 introduce him, they're like, Keegan. The crowd's like Murray, so like my man is young and doing it. A top seed in the West, man. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Kiki, I, I'm happy you brought up Kiki Murray because that's he's he's a he's a great uh, great rookie this year. Absolutely. But all right, my boy. So let's let's go ahead and get to our last segment of the show here, and that is one word or one phrase to describe a team. So I have some teams here listed, um, and then you can give me a word or a phrase that you know describes them this year. And then, you know, we can talk about it a little further or not talk about it. or If it's just one word, just one word. Um, If it's a phrase, we can go and get into it. That's cool with you? Let's do it. All right. Let's go ahead and get into it, man. So the first
1: team I have here is Oklahoma City Thunder. On the rise. On the rise. This is a team that I've been critical of over the last few years to the point where I just wanted them to finally do something other than just draft guys draft guys draft guys draft guys because they have so many picks that you can't just use all those picks to draft guys because you only have so many roster spots like eventually you have to buy into something whether it's moving picks moving players something and finally this year there's been a clear indication of we're ready to win we want to commit to moving in that direction now is more likely to potentially make a move in the offseason and move off some guys, move off some picks and, and try and fully put things together. And the fact that they just look so good on the court and they look like a team that could be a top six and even borderline top four team in the West next year if things really go together for them with Chet being added with whoever else they draft in the first round next year. Uh, this is the team that just looks really good after a team that has taken a lot of scrutiny from a lot of fans over the last couple of years.
0: Absolutely, man. I mean, if you could pick one league pass team, this has to be the team. Like this is my league pass team for the uh in the in the NBA the NBA this season, man. I mean, they're so entertaining. Shea is just so fun to watch. You just never know. He's just so unexpected whether he's gonna get other players involved or, you know, get get to his. Uh I love Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy just honestly to be real, right, I love those like European players, man. Those are players who just play a, Play a little bit different. They play at their own pace. They don't get sped up. Lou Dort. I mean, just one of the great arm ball defenders this this uh this this league has. Um, check. I'm really excited to see some some check and shape pick and rolls for this next year, man. So at the end of the day, like if I had to pick one word, I love I love that I love your face on the rise. If I had to pick one word for me, it would just be entertaining. Man. It's just entertaining. Um, I I watched their back to back against the Clippers. It was just. It was just, it's just a fun team to watch, man. I kind of think of the Grizzlies like a couple of years ago before the Grizzlies thought that they were all, they were this great as I think they are when they were really fun to watch when they were little babies. Uh, I used to really enjoy them, man. Like kind of reminds me of, um, young, young Grizzlies days, man.
1: All right, here we go. So let's go ahead and keep it pushing. The next team we have here is the Toronto Raptors. Toronto Raptors. Well, as a Toronto Raptors fan, I have to say we're very frustrated it's, uh, it's it's been a rough year and it definitely feels like we're one of those teams that could end up being stuck in the middle because there's a very good starting lineup here and our bench is absolutely terrible and our shooting is terrible and that's just not a recipe that's going to lead to any amount of success in the league nowadays so they're frustrating and the other thing is that this offseason they have to do something so they have to be big players because they can't go back with this unit. Clearly, this unit has potential because the Potal edition has been very good. Siakam's had his moments. Scotty Barnes has had his moments. But someone needs to get moved so there's actually some balance and some depth and a little bit of shooting on this team because right now it's just not there. And because of that, they're frustrating because you look at the top six names on the roster and it's like, yeah, that's a pretty good... Core six of guys on the team. They should be a pretty good team. Maybe not contenders, but five, six, seven seed, a bit above five hundred. Seems like a relatively reasonable assessment. But they're just nowhere near that. And something has to change for that to happen because it's just not there internally right now.
0: Man, I, that was that was a beautiful description. Honestly, I, I don't know if I can if I could add anything, more, anything else to that description. To be honest with you, the only, the only other thing I would say is just like where's the where's the process? where's the progress in Scotty Barnes like i really thought Scotty Barnes was about to take like boom a next level jump like he's going to be on a whole another level this year because of what we see this year and that just simply it just simply wasn't the, ca- the case he's regressed in my opinion um and the Ra- and the raptors just as a whole i feel like should have just been looking to make a lot more moves right come to trade deadline come the uh, buyout buyout deadline. Just you know, besides besides just a de- just a Yaka move, um, you know, I think that you know, they could have been looking to do more. And so, I mean, I guess my 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 word would be,
1: you know, where's where's the where's the progress here? Definitely, definitely. And like you say, with Scotty, he's been a little bit disappointing this year. He's been a very odd player to evaluate this year because he's been like at times, arguably one of the top 10, 15 players in the league in fourth quarters. But he just doesn't show up half the time in the first half at all. Like, when I was down in Toronto watching a game a couple months ago, he might have took one shot the entire first half, was getting blown by on the perimeter by Steven Adams, and then in the second half, he just comes to life and drops 10 or 12 points in the fourth quarter. And that's been a really... Really consistent thing for Scotty this year. if that fourth quarter can become a regular occurrence, there's progress there, and there's some signs of light at the end of the tunnel as far as this development goes, but right now it's just way too inconsistent, uh, and that needs to change. And like you say, they just need to make some moves to have a bit of direction. Masai doesn't like to make big in-season trades, so hopefully that comes in the offseason. but something needs to change, because I was shocked, like when we traded for Yacopolol. I was recording with Rick Noves Hoops uh, and Gabe on our podcast when that trade happened, and instantly it was like, okay, he's into the starting lineup. Someone's got to go because no way one of these guys are coming off the bench, and clearly I was wrong, and that has to change, in my opinion, come the offseason.
0: Man, so as a Raptors fan, so then I have to ask you, like, what's the ceiling for
1: Scotty Barnes? Like, What do you think is the ceiling for Scotty Barnes? I think his absolute ceiling would be, like, maybe a perennial all-star as an absolute top end. I don't think he's ever going to be a true superstar, but he could be, like, a five, six-time all-star at his absolute peak. I don't know if he gets that. Maybe he's more of a borderline all-star type guy, but I think at the absolute peak, you could see, like, a five, six-time all-star. like, Not, obviously, of the same uh, archetype and of the same uh, player on the court, but... Maybe like a Paul Millsap type level of player, someone who's a dominant force, can do sh- something on both ends, and is this consistently going to be in those All Star type conversations, but is never truly at that elite elite level?
0: Okay, okay, I like that. Yeah, I think I think that's a very fair analysis for uh, for Scotty Barnes because I mean, it it, it it could it could really it could really go both ways, man. Because he has talent of just being an all around dog. I mean, being a Kawhi Leonard out there. I mean. If you look at his frame, look at his shape. uh, But it's it's about putting it together, man. So I like that analysis on Scotty. But let's go ahead and keep it pushing. Let's get to the next team here. Uh, The next team I want you to describe, or give me a phrase for is the Sacramento Kings.
1: Just fun. Just a fun team. Great. I'm a a defensive guy. I'm very, very much a parent of that. I love a good defensive team. But this Kings team is just fun to watch offensively, man. De'Aaron Fox has always been my guy. He's been great this year. Sabonis has been a great fit. And they just got shooters flying around off ball screens and pin downs every possession. This is such a fun scene to watch. It's fun to see that Kings fans finally get to have a team that they get to root for. It's been such a passionate fan base, even though they have struggled for so long. So the, the fact that they finally get to enjoy having such a successful team is great to see. It's just a fun team. There's just no other way to put it. It's just such a fun team to watch. And I'm just excited to see what they do in the postseason because they could be a team that they're just playing at this point with a team that doesn't have many expectations and hasn't been here for a long time. They could be one of those teams that fly under the radar and just end up playing spoiler because they're just having fun playing basketball right now.
0: Yeah, man. The Kings are dead yet. The Kings are, are loving it, man. The Kings are having fun. Sacramento is loving it. Cali's loving it, man. We, we, we good over here. Uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm very happy that you brought in, like, you know, the positive side and the, the, the good side of it. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go the other way. <laughs> I'm going to go the other way in it. So my word for the Kings, and this is truthfully speaking, okay, playoff pretenders, okay? think the game is going to slow down in the playoffs. Everybody, we know that. The game gets smaller. The game slows down. In the playoffs, I don't know if the Kings are going to be able to handle that. They really haven't proven, or they really don't even have anyone on their roster that has deep playoff, um, uh, d- deep playoff experience. Really, besides Matthew Delvadova and Harrison Barnes, uh, every every other else, everybody else has kind of just played spotty spotty minutes, uh, but no real deep playoff experience. And when I look at the fact that this season, I the yes, the West has been up and down. The has been crazy, but that's partially due to injury, right? And the, I believe number one, it's the Denver Nuggets. And then number two, it's the Sacramento Kings that they've had uh, the most, the most healthy lineups. Like they've, they've had to, they've been able to run their starting lineups, their, you know, full set, healthy starting lineups the most more than anyone. It goes Denver, then Sacramento Kings. And I mean, that says a lot when you look at the standings because Denver is, you know, sits in that first seat and Sacramento sits at that, at that third seat. So, I'm not trying to take away no credit from what Sachs doing, right? And like you mentioned, they're playing some great defense, man. They're shooting the lights out of the ball. They're having fun with it. And they're playing with house money. And I think all that is great. And I just think that come playoffs, um, it's going to be a real wake-up call for them. And I'm not saying they're not a good team. They could even possibly get here next year. But I think that they need a real wake-up call. And in the NBA, sometimes you need to build up scar tissue. You need to learn what it's like to be there and to lose and to, you know, have that drive to want to get back. So, ultimately, I know I sound like a hater.
1: (laughs) I'm going to go with the Kings as some playoff pretenders, man. No, that's definitely fair. I mean, there's definitely some valid concerns about this Kings team come playoff time. You mentioned the lack of experience. And poor defensive teams just don't typically do well in the postseason. You usually need at least the league average defense to find some postseason success, and the Kings are nowhere near that. And they give some effort on that end. They just don't have the personnel to the point where they'll ever be that as currently constructed. So it's definitely going to be tough. Uh, If they could have hung on to the two seed and they could have got a Timberwolves or a Mavericks, I might have felt a little bit better about them come playoff time. But if they're playing the Warriors or the Clippers or the Suns, that could get a little bit more dicey. Uh, So that definitely could be interesting for them. But uh, the one thing I will note on games slowing down come playoff time The one thing I'll give this Kings offense credit for is that they're not just high in pace based on the fact that they run in transition. They also just get into their sets quite quickly and they get things initiated quite well between Fox's ability to break down to defense and Sabonis' screening ability. So I think that will give them a little bit more of advantage and obviously things will slow down, but they do have some measures that they can counteract that with a bit. So I don't think they're going to be in a situation where they're going to get ran over by any team they play. I think they can keep any series competitive, even though if they have a rough shooting night, certain games might look bad. But it's definitely going to be a scenario where the Kings are just happy to be here. And like you say, if they can get some scarts issue, they get some of these guys, for a lot of them, just their first postseason experience, period. Uh, that in and of itself is going to be valuable because a lot of this team is really young and still has a lot of time to improve and get better as a unit.
0: So, if the playoffs started today, the Kings would be playing the Warriors. Three three seed versus six seed. You think the Kings are getting
1: bounced in the first round if they play the Warriors? Probably, but I'm honestly not confident about it because that means the Warriors have to win a road game. That is true. That is true. That <laughs> and is that's good. the only thing that could give them the edge. So, if they could take care of home court, then it could be an interesting situation but I think it would go six or seven at least but I do think the Warriors would probably win it okay yeah I mean I, I think
0: yeah I think I would go with with the Warriors like in, in in that because they have more experience they have the overall better player uh they've been there before all that but um, I would not yeah I would not would not roll out the Kings in that series man but All right, so we talked about the Warriors, so let's let's go ahead and just jump straight into that team.
1: Give give me one word or phrase uh, to talk about the Warriors. I'm just going to call them experienced because I don't have them as contenders, but there's no series that anyone's going to play the Warriors in and they're going to feel confident in because it's it's the Golden State Warriors, and they look like they're going to be healthy. Even Gary Payton looks like he's going to be back in the lineup hopefully by the postseason. That could help some of their defensive woes on the road that they've been having. And so even though the Warriors haven't played their best ball, and even though they have really struggled on the road, this is a team that has done it time and time again, and just continues to find some level of postseason success. So even if they've struggled, there's just no way that you can feel confident against them in the postseason because they have all that experience.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. I think I think I might have accidentally shared my my little Google Doc with you because I have the same thing. I have the fact that you're they're experienced man and a team that I just simply would not want to see in the in in the playoffs um, because they've been there before. They know what it's like to be there, and they have a player like Stephen Curry who can just pop off and really kind of just change the landscape of an entire series uh, within span of of, of one game. Uh, so I'm yeah I'm right there with you. I do, would not want to see the Warriors in the playoff series, I, and I and I figured that out last year because like last year like I did not pick the Warriors to win at all. I don't think a, I don't think anyone really did. And they turned it up at the right time and they knew what to do. They had the experience, and that's how they were able to you know to bring home that championship to the Bay. But all right, um, let's go ahead and keep it pushing here. Let's get to some of
1: our some of our last teams here. The uh,
0: Philadelphia seventy six.
1: I think, for me, this year, they are the definition of a dark horse contender. Uh, That's where I sit on the 76ers. They are clearly, to me, a tier below the Bucks and the Celtics out east. But they also have the capability to ramp it up and beat either of the Bucks or the Celtics and play spoiler. I don't think they're quite there. I think the Bucks and the Celtics are more proven. They've had more postseason success. They've shown the ability that they can go out and get it done on a consistent basis. And I like what they have consistently Uh, from a secondary option because we know Philly have Embiid how much can Harden do? that's going to be the biggest X factor for them is Harden going to be dropping a relatively inefficient 20 or a relatively efficient 25 and that's going to be a big swing factor for them they could do it and they could end up being a team that pushes for that finals because Embiid's just been that good this year and as long as he has enough supporting cast help around him then it's possible I just don't think they're quite at that tier. And so I think they're just the true dark horse of the Eastern Conference this year.
0: Beautifully put. Beautifully put. Um, they definitely are not better than the Bucs or the Celtics um, when you take everything into account. When you take depth into account, when you take experience into account, when you take all, all of that into account, I'm I'm taking the, the Bucks and the Celtics over the 76ers. But I will say this, though. The... It led... Don't be surprised if the 76ers do find a way to pull it out, man. I mean, they have DMV on their team. Uh, they have James Harden, who there was a point where he was leading the league in assists. I believe now it belongs to Tyrese Alliburton. But there was a point where he was leading the league in assists. They got James Harden setting him up. The role players have been stepping up as of late. I mean, we see what Maxi can do. When, whenever Maxi gets the chance to prove himself, whenever Maxie gets a chance to to have the ball in his hands, he never lets down. His pace is is is, is incredible. Uh, De- De Anthony Melton, we know what he can do just as a role player, as a knockdown shooter, because when playoffs come around, man, I'm sure all the double teams and triple teams, Joel Embiid's seeing, he's going to see 12, 10x more of that than what he's seeing come playoffs. So, you know, shooters like De Anthony Melton have to really be able to know, knock down knock, knock down a shot. Jalen McDaniels. Um. So I think the 76ers are... Definitely contenders, uh, but that's why I know I love the way you stated it so much because it, it would just be blasphemous and and rude to put them over the Celtics and the Bucks who have they have similar rosters, similar accolades to the Seventy Sixers this year, except they actually have the experience of being there versus this uh, versus the Sixers not though. But with the said, the Seventy Sixers having Joel Embiid the MVP this season that helps them a lot. Definitely, definitely, I to helps them a lot, but. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and get to our last three teams that we have here. Last one, I mean, you see, you see all, the, all these banners around me, man. You see what's going on at uh, the Lakers, man. How do you feel about the Lakers? One word or phrase about the Lakers.
1: I'm going to say that they are a scary threat because as a current 10 seed, a team that would, if currently... The playing started today would get into the postseason as an eight seed. Man, you do not want to be a one seed having to play LeBron and AD on a team that actually has a good roster construction around them now. And I don't necessarily feel that I am confident enough in the Lakers that they're going to go make a finals run. I don't think they're quite there yet. I still have con- concerns about LeBron's health because that time's and how productive he's going to be when he gets back is still uncertain. But one thing I know for sure is that LeBron and AD went healthy in any playoff series have a shot. And this team is looking as good as it has in a couple of years, thanks to the deadline moves they made and some internal improvement that some guys have made, most notably Austin Reeves. And so I don't feel like they're one of the top teams to be concerned about in the West, but if I'm Denver and I have to play the Lakers in the first round, yeah, that's not a gimme. That's definitely not a gimme. It's, it's a scary team to have as a threat sitting down in the plan.
0: Man, brother, I'm so happy you said that because honestly, look, I, I, I am a Lakers fan, but I'm not one of those biased Lakers fans. I'm not. I don't think like, wow, the Lakers have a shot to win a title every year. I'm not one of those Lakers fans that's like, oh, we're going to land Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker all in one year. Like, I'm not one of those Lakers fans, right? But I, I, I'm just realistic. I'm realistic, and what's real. Is the fact that is the fact of what you just said? This team is scary, and as much as people may want to act like this is the same team as earlier in the season, as much as people who people who maybe aren't paying attention just want to hate on LeBron or hate on the Lakers as, as as a whole, you just need to wake up and realize that this team is totally different from what they look like w- w- with Russell Westbrook. With Russell Westbrook on that team and the way that that roster was constructed, like I, I would be upset. And I'd be, be a little like, oh man, like that, that's a little frustrating. LeBron missed missed uh, the play in, but I wouldn't be, you know, like, wow, like that's crazy. They really missed the play in. I almost guarantee they were going to make it. Now I am almost guaranteeing the Lakers will make the play in. And I agree with you what you said. They are a scary team. If you get a fully healthy Lakers squad, if you get this Lakers squad that they've had since the trade deadline, since moving on Russell Westbrook and let them play this whole season. Let Anthony Davis actually be healthy. There's no way this team is going to be, in my opinion, this team is sitting in, in the 10th seat. I think this team is a top six seed, as a matter of fact. If you get a healthy AB, healthy LeBron, and this roster that they had for all season. So, if you, uh, you know, I say all that to say if, if, you know, they weren't healthy during the season, if playoff comes, play in comes around and now they are healthy and now they have had the chance to put it together and now. Anthony Davis is actually out there, and when he's out there, he could easily be the best big in the league. And now LeBron, who you know arguably is top three at the absolute least, top five player of all time. With now now you got him out there with players that fit. Yeah, man, I don't think a lot of teams want to see the the Lakers in the in the playing series. Yeah, man, and 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 another, another thing I will throw out there too is um, due to injuries and kind of like everything the Lakers have been dealing with, they've had to they've had to also run like the most different like. Starting lineups in the league right now, man. So um, I think, man, I, I know against all odds, uh, the Lakers are definitely a scary team. I think I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with that as my phrase. Against all odds, scary team. Definitely. <laughs> all right. All right. Cool. So let's go ahead and get to the last team that we have here, and that is the New York Knicks.
1: The New York Knicks are happy to be here, but I don't think they're going to be that much of a threat. Now, I will say this, I think the 4-5 matchup, at least I'm assuming, and unless they really slip off, Miami could steal it. But assuming it is a 4-5 matchup between them and Cleveland, I think that series could go either way. But I don't think there's any shot that they're beating the Sixers, the Celtics, or the Bucks. Now, they've had a great year. Uh, they've bounced back from a disappointing year last year from a team that had high hopes a couple of years ago after having a good year from Julius Randle, and then, Randall fell off a bit. The Knicks fell off a bit. The Brunson acquisition's been great. Quentin Grimes is finally getting minutes. The Josh Hart trade was great. They've made a lot of good coaching and front office decisions this year, and it's really starting to pay off alongside the good performances on the court. I just don't think that the top end talent is quite there because, as good as Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson have been this year, there's no Joel B., Jason Tatum, Giannis type talent on that roster. And that doesn't mean they're a bad team. It just means that they're not quite at that level of contention. So they've had a great year. They've been on a really good run over the last couple of months. And especially Jalen Bronson and Julius Randle, they both, in my opinion, should be at least in the conversation for all NBA spots this year. They've both been so good. And that's been a big part in why they've been so productive. But I just don't think they're quite at that level. But they should be very happy to be here and very happy for the success they've had this season.
0: Yeah, man. Um, I, I I love that. You know, love the fact that they're happy to be here. My phrase is actually don't jinx it. <laughs> so my phrase is don't jinx it, man. Because what? So when we think back to the 2020, 2021 season, when Julius Randle went went off, they went crazy. They were the four seat, and a lot of people were saying. Actually, me as a fact, I, I did say like, wow, Julius Randle can finally prove that he could be your one A guy. He could be the guy to go to. Like I was high on the on the on the Julius Randall train. Um, I was high on the Julius Randall train since he was a Laker, but that's that's a whole other fact. But and then the next year they had that absolute stinker of a disappointment, and they fell off. Like how you said, Julius Randall fell off and fell to the 11th seed. And now this year, you know, what I'm saying they are, you know, they're 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 doing their thing, and they're playing they're playing a lot better uh, right now. Currently sitting at the fifth seed, but like how you said, I think when the playoffs comes around. When the game gets smaller, when uh, you you have a chance as a team to sit down and um, uh, no, go through the playbook, go through their playbook, uh, go through field. I think that the Knicks they're they're gonna get out coached in many situations, they're gonna get outplayed in many situations, and it's wh- what it's gonna come down to is um ultimately do you have a star right and that's the same thing I think for with the Miami Heat it's like do you have a star that you can say look all else has failed we've ran the play that coach drew up we've tried to run some some pick and roll actions they've locked everything up go get us a bucket or shot clock's running down go get us a bucket the Heat don't have that and similar with the Knicks the Knicks also just don't have that they don't have a guy to go get it done and you know I kind of think back to you, you were talking about um, if the Knicks had to play the the Cleveland Cavaliers in the in the first round for that four or five seed, look, man, I think the Knicks as a whole might have a, a, a better team, but the Cavs got a to go guy. Like here, here's your go get a bucket. Yeah, I, everything is broken down. Go do something for me, and I think that will be the difference, you know, come playoffs. So uh, ultimately, I, my my phrase for the Knicks is just, you know, don't jinx it, man. Don't jinx. It. But all right. All right. Cool. Cool, man. Well, look, um, for the family out there, I hope everybody, you know, enjoyed this episode. Uh, we had a cool, really cool, jam-packed episode. And, you know, my guy uh, running the NBA came on and, you know, helped me run through the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Talk talk about the NBA. Uh, we had some fun segments. Uh, but my guy, you got any last words to say
1: before we uh, get up out of here? No, I'm good, man. But thank you for having me on. If you guys did enjoy, sure to hit that like and subscribe button, man. Yes, sir, man. Make sure you guys go
0: check out all of Run the NBA's content. Everything will be in the description down below. So go ahead and get at us, man. And uh, for our social medias, it's at Clutch Talk Pod. If you're on podcast, man, make sure you get at us. Um, leave a nice little ranking below. And that's it, man. We out here, y'all. Clutch Talk out.